gentlemen, welcome back to the BSLI Pre-Flight Checklist. I'm your host, Trevor Williams, and today we're on Season 2, Episode 4, and the t- today's topic is space fitness, but before we get into space fitness, we have team updates, space news, and then we'll get to our main topic today. So, starting off with BSLI updates is our PM election happened recently, so I've got to congratulate our new project manager for the 2021 and 2022 school year. So starting off with Spaceport America Cups PM is Casey Ruckman. Our next project manager for our NASA competition is Ryan McElvane. And for our liquid project, we have Alex Myers. And just to keep you guys informed, those are our project managers for the next coming school year for the 2021 and 2022 school year. And to keep in mind, tomorrow is our general election, which start on Wednesday, March 10th. So when this recording goes out, it will probably be the day of the election. So make sure you go and listen to all the speeches that are going to be there for the exec board and all the chair positions and make sure you pick the best candidate for that position and what you think is right for BSLI in the directions that it should head in the future in the in the next upcoming school year and I just want to also put another reminder out there that our one of our sponsors um, chair members is trying to get GE which is Rohan so make sure you fill out his survey so we can um, come up with a Q&A session time that works for everybody so everyone can ask their questions to GE about what they do and about internships and all the things that you can ask of during GE but that is a little bit of the team updates nice short and sweet about one minute and 45 seconds worth a good team update so you know Glad that you're all informed. Hope you're all doing well during this time. But let us get down to our space news today, ladies and gentlemen. I understand, and I've been a little slacking on coming up with episodes, been a little busy, but we're back in the full swing of things, so we're going to start us off nice and strong. So about four days ago when this probably is going to be recorded, and now we're looking at it now, so, you know, four days ago, um, some astronomers were able to capture, I shouldn't say astronomers, but satellites were able to capture a space hurricane yes ladies and gentlemen a space hurricane i I have never heard of such a thing but a space hurricane is basically you know releasing it was more of like electronic hurricane because it was releasing electrons and charged particle clouds into space and this was captured above the north pole so it's like almost like when i saw the picture of the article it looked like the northern lights but it was like a giant cloud with electrons around it. And to give you some perspective of it, it was 600 miles wide of this particle. It's ridiculous. So I want you to go out and, you know, try and find, you know, space hurricanes and just understand how big these things are. And just imagine like a satellite trying to go through it and navigate a hurricane that is basically an electronic wave that's just being produced by the Earth. It probably threw off something. Then, you know, our satellite paths going across it. But it'd be kind of interesting to see what kind of data you can collect from a space hurricane and just understand it. Because I feel like it's a rare phenomenon that happens and we just don't know about it. When it happens, it's like, oh, this is really cool. But then it's like the next one doesn't happen until like the next four or five years or something like that. So, you know, we have to keep, you know, be on a lookout for future space, I guess, events that happen around the Earth. And just see what, know what we can capture and what we can understand for it. So keep your eyes on the lookout for other space events looking in that nature. But, you know, definitely go out and check out the whole space hurricane aspect and just understanding what components make of it and why they occur and stuff like that. So you can broaden your 
space, I guess, studies as well as anything related towards astronomy, but it's not really related to astronomy. I don't know how to really classify it because I'm still learning in the space world. So, you know, we are trying our very best here. No, continuing on with space news is that SpaceX next crew mission to the ISS got pushed back. The main reason is because, you know, it just doesn't align up with the like launch window to get the astronauts to the ISS. So it was more of like a timing. So it was only moved back two days. So it's really not a huge delay. So everything's still on schedule. So, you know, hoping SpaceX can continue. But it also kind of is, you know, kind of a little bit worrisome that SpaceX is the only company really sending astronauts to the um, International Space Station from the United States side. It's Yes, it's great that SpaceX is doing all this stuff, but at the same time, we need other spacefaring entities to be a part of this endeavor if we're going to go to the moon and beyond. So, obviously, a lot of um, aerospace companies are in the processes of developing and testing, but there's none that has really gotten to the ISS capabilities of just sending humans up there. I understand there's a lot of tests, a lot of regulations, and NASA is really keen about safety. So obviously we can't be rushing so many commercial you know, space companies to you know, get astronauts up there. But it's kind of one of those worst case scenarios. Like if SpaceX can't launch to the ISS, then what does the United States do? I understand we use the Soyuz in the past. But it's just that weird feelings like if something happens to like the Falcon 9, there's a glitch on it and they have to decommission for, you know, maybe a couple months, you know, that can alter the alterations of sending, you know, humans to the International Space Station. As well as beyond, I understand SpaceX has, you know, the Starship they're working on, as well as with the Starlink and Constellation and mapping that out. But it's just one of those things like if something happens to the Falcon 9 or there's a defect in it, for any odd reason, now we got a problem on our hands. And like saying, all right, does the Falcon 9 need to be replaced and all that stuff? Does Starship end up replacing, you know, what the crew Dragon capsule can do? So there's going to be a lot of things as we see as time progress as it unfolds. But I think, you know, we need another space entity. Hopefully Blue, or Blue Origin can get something up there. I understand they're in the process of developing their bigger rocket, but at the same time, at like what point does it get surpassed and it's like just SpaceX run for the money? I understand Boeing is working on, you know, the SLS system, but at the same time, it's having so many delays and it's being unreliable. I don't know if NASA is going to either scrap this project or come up with something else because I know they've been putting like millions and probably billions of dollars into this vehicle and it's just not getting the results that they want. At the end of the day, Boeing is just an aircraft manufacturer that focuses on, you know, planes and getting everything back up and running with their, you know, 787 MAX and just making sure, I shouldn't say 787 because now I'm going to mix up the numbers. But we all know about the Boeing MAX aircraft at this point. So, you know, trying to get that situated and the Dreamliner that as well. But it's just going to be very interesting on seeing what Boeing ends up doing to trying to get back into the space race and just make it really interesting in the U.S., I would say, none of the least. But as I can continue on with today's topic, we will go on. I will conclude out the SpaceX topic is the bottom line is we need more space companies to develop rockets to get humans to the ISS. 
So there's not just one commercial company just doing all the brunk work. It's like the workhorse of the whole space exploration campaign right now. So we need more companies out there and that's where you know our fantastic rocketeers come in so make sure you know get your applications into those companies and be that leading individual that can spark that transition that these companies need to get us back into space and continue to explore explore in the space exploration field now let's move on to our final topic in the news today ladies and gentlemen it is that i was just browsing the web and i came across a couple websites about the first ever space hotel. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, first ever space hotel. I couldn't believe it. the time frame on it. I'm still scratching my head. I don't think it's going to be a reality at just this point in time. But I can be proven wrong because technology is advancing so quickly. It could be here before we know it. But some of the windows I've seen for the first ever space hotel is by 2027 or 2030. I don't think that's going to be the case. It's just there's not enough space launch vehicles to do something to that grand of scale. And the one that I ended up stumbling across on was the space construction company called the Gateway Foundation. And their goal is to build a space station, I would say, more more on the lines of a space hotel that has restaurants, gyms, and you can watch live sporting events and concerts. The name of the station is the Voyager station, you know, kind of clever with all the Voyager, the, the Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 satellites that we sent out into deep space. So it's kind of a little ironic that they're going to name the space station Voyager if, they, if it goes up. But this space station is going to be divided up into 24 pods. And these are more on the lines of just breaking down into different sections. So like one pie could be like, you know, the hotel rooms and where the, you know, residents live and sleep. Another section could just be a restaurant. And then other, another section could be like a gym where you can play basketball and just that experience and just all that. But the most important thing about this is they're going to say there is going to be artificial gravity and the space station is going to be rotating just to create that motion of gravity. So they sort of have it figured out. But at the same time, it's going to be very interesting to see how this unfolds and you know develops as time progresses and looking at from the article that i ended up stumbling across of it's going to be starting construction in the next few years and i'm like saying it's 2021 and they're expecting this you know voyager station to be constructed by 2030 it's nine years and I just, me personally, I just don't think it's going to be able to be accomplished in those nine years to get it up and running and just launching the parts up because I haven't really seen any of these parts being launched up in the space in the news or even really being keen and talked about. So I'm just trying to understand of what some, what this company is trying to do. And the tricky thing about it is there is no cost to these hotel rooms yet, but I know this is going to be one expensive hotel hoping they have some nice five-star meals so when you go up there you're gonna have a good time at this glorious hotel at the voyager station but me personally if i had the opportunity to go i feel like i would you know get a nice week up in space and come back down just to say you know i was up in space i was in a hotel had a great experience and i came back because i feel like there's only so much time you can do in a day 
in a day. Oh, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I was choking up a little bit. I'm choking on my own saliva. Sorry about that. You know, just talking a lot. But just the own experience of just going up there and being in space and just living in space for a week and then just coming back and telling about your experience is going to be one of those fantastic things you'll have for the rest of your life. But I'm let's hope that, you know, the hotel is not that expensive so we all can get that experience. But I know when the first one goes up, it's going to be like, you know, thousands of dollars, almost, I probably could argue it's probably like worth an arm and a leg or, you know, the traditional like, you know, half a million dollars or something like that to just get that experience. So it's like, you know, we got we got to figure something out to get the majority of the population to experience what the life of the outer space realm is. I understand you have to be in shape before you go into it, but that kind of leads us to our next topic with, you know, being in shape, be able to, to withstand the elements of space. So that goes into today's topic. We're going to be looking at space fitness, ladies and gentlemen, space fitness. It's a great topic to explore and investigate. You know, I, I know some of you, you know, look at my Instagram feeds and, you know, see me posting workout pictures. I decided, you know, just work out on my own personal time, getting, you know, trying to improve myself, you know, quarantine, you know, trying to burn off the quarantine way as we all, as we all try as the weather gets warmer. But, you know, just understand the elements in space is definitely going to be a keen aspect if we're going to try to live in space with the Voyager space station that's going to be constructed in the next couple of years. So to start us off, you know, when you're out in outer space, the astronauts, you know, experience muscle decrease and and bone d- density decrease. So this this is very problematic when you're up in space for that long period of time. So just imagine you're on your lovely space hotel and your muscle starts to deteriorate. So you're going to have to work out on your vacation. As though some people may not be against working out on vacation. It's more time to relax. But to be more efficient so you don't have any you know, breaking of your bones, muscle deterioration, you're going to have to work out on your vacation. And NASA has exercise equipment on the International Space Station. So I'm going to dive into a little bit of the exercising, you know, Equipment, but before that, I'll go into a little statistic that I found is that after six months, astronauts can lose up to 10% of their bone mass, which it will take four years to build that back up on Earth. So, just that, think that in mind. I know, you know, we have an international audience, but four years is an entire presidential cycle to put that in perspective. So, you basically have to wait one presidential term before you get your 10% bone mass back into your system. So keep that in mind when you think about going on a long space voyage to Mars or to the moon. So keep that in mind, my viewers. Keep that in mind. But another thing that these astronauts do at the International Space Station is they have to work out at least two to two and a half hours every single day. I know some of us don't like working out every single day, but just imagine you working out two hours or two and a half hours every single day. I know a lot of us don't have that time in the day to experience that. But I'm going to put like a challenge out there. If you, I know we our semester's coming to an end, but when you reach out towards you know summer break, I want you to try. I understand we have like maybe like three months off, but try to work out 
two hours every single day. Just just try it. Just even for a month, see if you could do it. Just work out two hours every single day and see how you feel. You know, after you finish the workout, I know. I I might I may try it. You know, after I graduate, I may I may try it. Like the month of June, just work out two hours a, like every day because I probably have the time on my hands to do it. You know, just pick a time like you do one hour. You know, in, in the morning, get your morning stretch in, stretch your muscles, go on a nice light run. And then like one hour probably right before you go to bed so you can tire out your muscles and you can be put to sleep and be sleeping sound like a baby. You know, just just try it in the summer. I, I guarantee you'll probably get it'd be more eye opening and it'd be more of a journey. I think that's what, you know, you'll experience when you do something like this, exercising two hours every single day. But I understand we have lives and things can get busy. So it may be a challenge, but go out and try it in the summer and see what you come up with and, you know, talk to me on what your results are and i love to hear you know what have you experienced and what have you like felt like because that's what the astronauts do and you know if any of us want to become astronauts we're going to have to do with that on the regular basis so fitness is definitely important so you know just having that you know training and putting yourself in that type of conditioning is definitely gonna you know help you try to become you know exploring out to the other reaches of the universe but to go into some of the exercising equipment that they have at the International Space Station is they have a bicycle, as we can see at our local gyms that we have. And we have a treadmill, which they're going to have to strap themselves to a harness so they are not floating around when they're running. Same with the bike. They're going to be sort of anchored down so they're not going to be moving all about and around. So it's going to be one of those types of equipment. But, you know. There's three different speeds on the treadmill. So it's like, you know, you have a slow and you're fast pace, like a jog. And then you can use your own power. So it's like you can just push the um, treadmill and just go through it and just be your own power to it. But I think, you know, after that, the next few things would be the... There's only one other machine, I should say, after that is the... The advanced resistive exercise device called A Red, and A Red is basically like your traditional like squat machine. If you've seen at the R Pack or anywhere, it's something like that. So you can have that experience. It's based off of like it's more of like a vacuum press type of thing because in space there is no weight. So if I'm lifting dumbbells, it's not gonna have any effect on me. So it's gonna have that resistance mechanism to it. Well, on this machine on a red is gonna be you know focusing on you know your squats your bench press your deadlifts so you can do all that type of exercises on this equipment and that will help you know be in better shape and be able to you know enjoy yourself and, and be able to you know be in shape when you're out in outer space so I'm, I'm gonna see you know when they create that space hotel I, I feel like there's going to be a redition of the A-Red on it so people can stay in shape as well as, you know, the treadmill and the bicycle. But we'll wait and see on what they end up coming up with when they launch up, you know, this satellite. But at the same time, ladies and gentlemen, you know, when you're working up in space, the things that are hard to work out when you're up there is the core. So like your back, your hips, your femur in that all in that region you need to keep that in shape because if you don't do that, that muscle is just going to deteriorate and it's going to be hard when you get back to Earth. 
So when you're on these machines at the International Space Station, and maybe when you eventually get to the space hotel, you know what to focus on when you're in the gym and making sure you're in shape and making sure you're maintaining your health. And I've heard stories like from reading these articles where, you know, the astronauts can train in space and they have like better results when they come back to Earth. So, you know, if you're that, you know, dedicating yourself and yourself and your health, then you're going to be in great shape and you should be fine when you reach outer space. But at the same time, you know, health and safety are one of the biggest priorities of NASA. So if you get injured in space, you're kind of stuck. You're kind of going to have issues. So, you know, making sure your body is in tip top shape and the best health that you can be when you're up there traveling in space is definitely the way to go. But I think I will can, you know, sort of wrap up today's episode. You know, we're at 20 minutes deep, a nice short light episode, just, you know, getting back in the swing of things. I am sorry for like neglecting this a little bit, got a little bit busy, but we back in the saddle. I just want to remind you all that keep on a lookout for our Q&A session with GE coming up in the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Also, just remember that our elections are tomorrow, March 10th. So when this probably video goes up, it will be March 10th. So make sure you listen to all the fantastic people running for the respective, you know, president, vice president, uh, webmaster, secretary, treasurer, you name it for those type of chair positions. That's going to be happening. And I'll put, I'll put my hat in the ring for, you know, another position that's opening up being a podcast host. So if you don't get a leadership position and you want something to contribute part of the team, reach out to me and I'll I'll get you on the podcast and I will you know train you in what you need to do, making sure you're ready to go. So when I graduate, you have all the things you need to do and ready to go and be a stellar transition from me into you, as well as I will train as many other podcast hosts so you know we can keep going. So if one person has exams, you know, we'll change it and you know have another host go and record and we'll just make this a nice little side hobby in part of BSLI and working on your public speaking skills, broadcasting, working on diction, preventing ums, all that stuff. So when you do PDRs and CDRs, you are clean and crisp and no stutters. And you're going to be wowing, impressing people. Be like, wow, this guy from BSLR, a gal from BSLI is perfect. They did not stutter. And they have done fantastic in presenting and conveying this message that the audience that they're presenting to understands and they're confident in the materials that they're giving. And that's what the one big idea that I want this podcast to give people is that opportunity of getting that public speaking and just being more confident in themselves when they're speaking out more, more not speaking out, but speaking out in public and just, you know, feeling confident in oneself. But that will do it for us today on the BSLI Preflight Checklist, Episode 2, Season 4, not Season 4, Season 2, Episode 4, and Space Fitness, and that will conclude it. But let me go and thank our, you know, our faculty advisors for supporting BSLI each and every day. I want to thank our sponsors for donating and taking their time to reach out to us and helping us get through this COVID time. I also want to thank, you know, the viewers who listen in each and every day, listen to old stuff. And we're on a great, you know, path of reaching the 500 subscribe, not subscribe, but plays button. So let me, you know, pull it up as I continue talking. I also want to thank our Rocketeers who listen to this podcast each and every time I create one. It's fantastic. Y'all have some fantastic people. And I just want to thank you 
for all that you do for BSLI. I know it's been a rough year and it hasn't been what we want it to be. But I know when when we get back to normal and when things are in the swing like we once were, I think, you know, BSLI is on the up and up. I know we've had, you know, a lot of different opportunities of just being a part of the university and just being able to embrace all that good stuff. And I was able to, you know, pull up the anchor listens that are connected to our Spotify for this podcast. We are, believe it or not, we are at 474 plays on the BSLI pre-flight checklist, ladies and gentlemen. We are making good progress to that 500. It's going to be a little bit daunting. We got probably, you know, probably six six weeks left to get to 1,000. I don't know how we're going to pull it off, but hey, miracles happen and we're a space organization. Anything is possible if you put your mind to it. But that will conclude it for us today. Thank you so much for all those who listened. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our faculty and staff. Thank you to the Rocketeers who take the time to go to BSLI meetings and be a part of the team and be able to have the opportunity to just, you know, increase your space endeavors and give you that opportunity. But that will do it for here, for us on the BSLI pre-fight checklist. Take care, everyone. Stay safe and go Bucks. Music.